0: It's Wednesday, March the 16th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, evacuations from Mariupol and Zelensky's comments on NATO. First, the world in brief. Around 2,000 cars left the blockaded port of Mariupol in southeastern Ukraine, with another 2,000 set to follow, city officials said. It is the second successful evacuation out of the city. A Ukrainian official, meanwhile, said evacuation corridors from four cities in the Sumy region of Ukraine will be set up on Tuesday. More than 3 million refugees have fled Ukraine, or about 7% of the country's population. NATO said it would convene a summit of its members' leaders on March 24th in Brussels. A spokesperson for President Joe Biden said he would attend. Earlier, Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, suggested that his country was unlikely to ever join the alliance. Quote, We have heard for years that the doors were open, but we also heard that we could not join. It's a truth and it must be recognised, Mr Zelensky said. Prosecutors in Russia asked a judge to sentence Alexei Navalny, the country's leading opposition activist, to 13 years in prison on charges of fraud and contempt of court. He is currently serving a separate two-and-a-half-year sentence in a penal camp. He says the charges are bogus. Separately, Marina Ovsyannikova, a Russian journalist who interrupted a news program on Monday to denounce the war, was fined 30,000 rubles, two hundred and eighty dollars over a protest video that she recorded of herself. She may face separate charges for the protest on television. Two journalists for Fox News were killed in Ukraine while reporting on the outskirts of Kiev, the capital. Pierre Zhakchevsky, a cameraman, and Alexandra kuvshinova a Ukrainian consultant, were travelling in a vehicle that came under fire. Benjamin Hall, a Fox correspondent, was injured in the same attack. On Sunday, Brent Renault, an American journalist, was also killed in Ukraine. Large explosions were reported in Kyiv on Tuesday as the Russian bombardment continued. Several buildings, including a metro station, were struck but the full extent of the damage is unclear. Meanwhile, Britain's Ministry of Defence said that Russia had reportedly installed its own mayor in the town of Melitopol after his predecessor was abducted on Friday. America imposed sanctions on 11 Russians working in the army and defence industry. The EU banned top credit rating agencies, including Moody's, S&P and Fitch, from rating Russia and its companies, a blow to its already junk rating. Britain also announced a new set of sanctions on individuals with links to Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, as well as a raft of trade sanctions. Other news. Sarah Bloom Raskin withdrew her nomination for a top regulatory post at America's Federal Reserve. Conservative senators refused to support her candidacy over concerns that she would aggressively monitor climate-related risks in the financial system. The High Court in Karnataka, a state in southwest India, upheld some colleges' decision to not allow Muslim girls to wear hijabs in the classroom. The ban sparked mass protests in the state, and across India in recent months, China reported a record 5,280 new symptomatic cases of COVID-19, more than half of them in the northeastern province of Jilin. The country is facing the biggest test yet of its "quote zero COVID" policy, with 11 cities now in some degree of lockdown. Fact of the day: 6,500 hryvnias The amount Ukraine's government is paying to all workers who have lost their jobs due to the invasion. And correction. In yesterday's news about El Salvador's crypto bond, we mistakenly said that most Salvadorans use colones as their main currency. In fact, most use US dollars. Sorry. And now, here's today's agenda. Containing Russia After the invasion of Ukraine, the West's recent attempts to, quote, reset relations with Russia are dead in the water. Instead, officials and experts are revisiting the policy of containment advocated by an American diplomat, George Kennan, to defeat the Soviet Union during the Cold War without armed conflict. Arguing that Russia would respond only to the, quote, logic and rhetoric of power, Kennan advised that it must be met, quote, with unalterable counterforce. How would such a policy work today? Many academics argue that America must increase defense spending. Ukraine should continue to be supplied with weapons to drain Russia's will and resources. Sanctions should be robust, as should America's alliances in Europe and the Pacific to those who fret that the Ukrainian brolio is a distraction from the much greater threat of China, Biden administration officials retort that the weakening of Russia and the strengthening of European allies will ultimately, quote, pay dividends in Asia. The Fed embarks on tightening. The Federal Reserve is all but certain to raise interest rates on Wednesday, for the first time since 2018. The announcement, due at the end of a regular meeting of its rate-setting committee, will start a tightening cycle needed to rein in inflation, running at a four-decade high. There is little suspense. Market pricing assigns a probability of more than 99% to a quarter-point increase. So Fed watchers will focus instead on comments by Jerome Powell, the central bank's chairman, after the meeting. They will look for clues about the timing and pace of the Fed's planned unwinding of the enormous bond purchases it made over the course of the pandemic. They will also want Mr. Powell's views on how Russia's invasion of Ukraine may affect policy. Soaring oil prices fuel inflation and financial turbulence damages the economic outlook. The Fed's quest to tame prices without undermining growth has got trickier. Fast fashion's reaction to Ukraine. Inditech's annual results for 2021, due on Wednesday, are expected to be strong. The world's largest fast fashion retailer, which owns the Zara chain, benefited last year from quote, revenge shopping, as consumers flocked back into shops that had been closed for months by anti-COVID-19 measures. But the war in Ukraine has caused the Spanish company, like many others, stop and rethink its business in Russia which accounts for about 8.5% of its profits before interest and taxes and where it employs some 9,000 people. It has closed its 502 shops in the country and stopped online sales there in protest at the Kremlin's warmongering. Its big rival Sweden's Hens and Moritz has also temporarily halted sales in Russia as have America's Levi's and makers of sportswear such as Adidas, Nike and Puma. Putting principles before profit may have long as well as short-term costs if Russian customers may conclude that they, rather than their government, have been punished by the West. (music) Boris Johnson's Falklands Moment Some Conservative MPs, Talk of the war in Ukraine providing Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, with a quote, Falklands moment, referring to the surge in approval for Margaret Thatcher that followed the war with Argentina in 1982. That is surely an exaggeration, but the conflict is providing Mr Johnson with some much-needed relief. Two months ago, he appeared at risk of being ousted over Partygate, as a series of boozy gatherings in breach of COVID-19 rules became known. That has disappeared from the headlines and from the mood on the Tory backbenches. The proportion of Britons who think he should resign has fallen by 10 percentage points since January to 53%, according to research by Opinion, a pollster, while Labour's lead over the Conservatives has narrowed. But the relief may not last. The war has pushed up prices of oil and natural gas, already frighteningly dear, ahead of tax increases planned for April. Squeezed household budgets won't be popular. Welcome to Flatch. In the fourth season of Friends, Joey and Chandler plan a trip to London. If there's a video player in their hotel room, Chandler suggests they rent Die Hard, Quote, aho, Joey says, delighted. I bet the British version is good. Since that episode aired in 1998, the idea has become less ludicrous, thanks to a spate of transatlantic remakes, although usually Americans have adapted British works. do overs of The Office, House of Cards, and even Four Weddings and a Funeral have enjoyed varying degrees of success. Another reinterpretation arrives on Thursday, Welcome to Flatch, based on This Country. The BBC mockumentary followed two cousins in a boring village in the Cotswolds. The Fox version transposes them to the Midwest. It retains some of the characters' original escapades, as well as the hint of melancholy. As Shrub, one of the new protagonists, says, quote, You ever just feel like you missed your chance to matter? Daily quiz. Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which city is home to the University of Oregon? Tuesday. Which 1985 album by Dire Straits is one of the best-selling in history, with more than 30 million copies sold worldwide? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Salma Lagerlöf, who died on this day in 1940. Nothing on earth can make up for the loss of one who has loved you. That's it from The Economist morning briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber